Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I know a few people who drive for Uber or Grubhub or those kinds of places. And uh, one of the things I'm always interested in is what would happen if they had an accident in their car and filed a claim with their insurance company and their insurance company asked, what were you doing with your car at the time of the accident? Because if you said, I was using it for a commercial purpose, I was Ubering people or I was delivering food, there is a chance that your insurance company might go, oh, you didn't tell us that before, we're going to deny your claim. And that might seem unfair, but it does happen, and I know because I got a story right here out of Louisiana from WBRZ that Mark sent me. And a delivery driver was blindsided by a ride-share insurance policy and the fact that they didn't have such a policy. And now they're on the hook for a $25,000 repair bill. And you can imagine how it could get even worse. Suppose you were in an accident where somebody suffered grievous injury and they came after you and your insurance company said, well, we're not going to cover that because you grievously injured somebody with your vehicle while you're using it for a commercial purpose. So Brittany Weiss wrote this. uh, A woman is in a tough spot after her accident claim was denied by her car insurance company. Company tells her it's because of what she was doing while the accident happened. The front of her car is unrecognizable. It's the impact of her hitting a car in front of her. uh, And it was so violent of an impact that her airbag deployed. She said, I'm okay, but the car is damaged. So for the past two years, she's been working as an Uber Eats delivery driver. She's driving to another part of town, waiting for a delivery request to come through when she rear-ended somebody. And of course, accidents happen, right? So you're driving along and get in an accident. So after the accident, she contacted Uber, and then she called her insurance company to file a claim. The insurance company called me and says, well, your claim has been denied. I said, why? She told me because I didn't have ride-share insurance. Now, some people are going to pick up on the fact that she wasn't ride-sharing. She was delivering food. But I believe this company simply calls it ride-share insurance when it covers you for doing ride-shares or deliveries or whatever your gig is. So it's a piece of information that stumped her since she delivers food, not people. She says, I do not ride share. I do Uber Eats food delivery. Uh, she thought she was doing everything by the hook book by paying her $400 monthly premium and doing her job, thinking she'd be covered if anything happened while she's using her car. All along, she was not covered. Now, it's going to cost her about $25,000 to fix the damage. She said, I've paid collision over the years. I've always had comprehensive and collision on every vehicle I had, she said. She says she hasn't heard from Uber, but... The TV station has. Uh, Uber requested to be off the record for the call. And the woman asked for a written statement about Uber's definition of rideshare. But what they sent doesn't provide that definition. And of course, it doesn't matter what Uber's definition of it is. It matters what the insurance company's definition of it is. So rideshare is something that the dictionary says is travel in a private vehicle by its owner free or for a fee, especially as part of an arrangement made using a website or app. Now, again, they're going with a dictionary definition. And the problem we have is if you read your insurance policy, it'll have a definition section. And those definitions trump whatever's in the dictionary because the contract says they do. And as unfair as that might sound, when you buy your insurance policy, if you've got a problem or a question like this, you can ask them and say, by the way, if I'm using this for rideshare or food delivery, will this policy cover me? There's a good chance to say, no, it doesn't. You've got to pay more for that, which is why some people don't ask. Uber did say that insurers might, might cover rides and delivery. 
Some just rides, but the driver's insurance carrier is the best resource for information on what's covered and what's required, and it might vary by state, and it might vary by carrier, and that is absolutely the case. So recently, TV station contacted Progressive, which is the insurance company here, and an agent said over the phone that in Louisiana, delivery drivers using a personal car must have ride share included in their policy, even if they're just delivering food. So right now, that just sent chills down the spines of many people in Louisiana. But it's also true in other places. Now, I can tell you, I never delivered pizzas when I was younger, but at least two of my brothers did. And I know they'd bring their car to work and they'd be driving around delivering pizzas. Uh, And as far as I know, neither of them ever got any accidents doing that. But I was always wondering what would happen if they got in an accident and the insurance company said, oh, you were delivering pizzas. So... I, I, you know, it's the same thing. They're not willing to do anything further with my car. It'll just sit there, the woman says. It's all because she was active on the Uber Eats app when she crashed into the car in front of her. The Louisiana Department of Insurance says that auto insurance companies stipulate whether they will cover food delivery or rideshare activities, and if so, what the driver must disclose and other criteria they must meet to be eligible for that coverage. And so here's the thing. A lot of times they'll ask you some basic questions when you apply for insurance. What type of vehicle is it? You know, what year is it? Make, model, all stuff. And they're also going to say, you know, what's your name? Uh, Are you licensed to drive? How old are you? They're going to pull your driving record. And buried among all those basic questions is, are you going to be using this for personal use or commercial purposes? And a lot of people just automatically go, oh, personal use, I'm driving it. Personal use. But driving for Uber or delivering food might be a commercial purpose. And I got to point out to you that when you buy a car, this is just a parallel example, okay? When you buy a car, a lot of times the documents you fill out will actually have a box and say, are you going to be using this vehicle for personal use or commercial use? And a lot of people who are planning on writing it off on their taxes will say, oh, commercial use. I'm using it for company car, whatever, right? And so what happens then is the car becomes defective, they want to pursue the Lemon Law, and the Lemon Law doesn't cover vehicles being used for commercial purposes in many states. And so a lot of times, I'll be digging through the documents, and I'll find a document that someone signed going, I'm going to be using the car for commercial purposes. And I go, what do you use the car for? And they go, well, I drive it around to and from work, you know, home, whatever. I go, why did you check that box? They go, I'm writing it off my taxes. Now, don't get me wrong. You you, you can do that probably. I'm, I'm not a tax advisor. But the point is that there are occasions where they ask you to make a choice. Which is it, commercial or personal? So when you buy the car and you're writing it off in your taxes as a company car and you're using it for commercial purposes and you check the box commercial purposes, you might save a bunch on your taxes, but you might also lose the ability to have the lemon law work out for you if the car is defective. That's just a chance you take. Likewise, when you call your insurance company and say, I need to get insurance in this car, what's it going to cost me? They ask you a bunch of questions. Among them will be a question that gets at, what are you doing with the car? So if you say, I plan on Uber driving or food delivery or something like that, there's a chance they're going to go, oh, that's going to cost you more. And a lot of people know that. And a lot of people will say, oh, okay, well, they'll just kind of tap the answer around that or, or ignore it or pretend they didn't understand the question. And next thing you know, they've got a typical insurance policy on their car. And then they're using it for a business purpose. They're earning money with it. They're driving around. And so when the insurance company finds that out, which they often will, 
they can deny your claim and say, you were using the car outside of the scope that you told us you're going to be using it for. And obviously, obviously, they you know think that many people are not telling them what they're doing with the vehicle because they don't want to pay a higher premium. But on the other hand, from the insurance company's viewpoint, if you're out driving the car a lot for some delivery service, the car is getting more mileage put on it and the odds of it being in, in an accident go up. So that's what they're saying. Well, we're going to charge you more for that. So I, I have a lot of sympathy for somebody who's in a situation like this, but I've seen this happen many times where somebody has an insurance policy and if they'd come right out the front end of this and said, I'm going to be doing this with my car, what do I need? They'd say, oh, you got to buy this higher form of insurance. A lot of people don't want to do that. And a lot of people, of course, don't get in accidents. And so it never catches up with them. But, you know, $25,000 repair sounds very, very steep. It's a lot of money. But it could have been worse. What if the person in the car she hit suffered, like I said, some grievous injury and hundreds of thousands of dollars in liability, millions of dollars in liability? I mean, you know, suppose you're a quadriplegic. I mean, so in a, in a, in a weird way, this is a very, very bad ending for her. But it could have been worse. It could have been worse. So what I would recommend you do if you are doing one of those gig jobs, right, and you're using your vehicle and it's causing you to put more miles in your vehicle than you would if you didn't have that job, you might want to investigate calling up your insurance company and saying, hey, you know something, I'm thinking about driving for Uber uh, and, um, you know, for so many hours a day, do I need to bump up my insurance coverage? And they'll probably say yes. They probably will because that's, you know, anytime they can make more money, they will. Uh, but then you have to ask yourself, you know, do you want to run the risk of driving without the extra insurance? So uh, this is the first I've heard of this hitting the news. But I suspect it's happened before, but it's just that people didn't, you know, go and run to a television station and, and see if they could help. But it doesn't look like they can. And remember, and I've said this before, and this is something that a lot of people don't remember or think about, is that insurance, insurance at its most basic is a contract situation okay so you are the driver of a car and you have insurance through a company there is a contract that you enter into with them a contract of insurance okay so two parties to the contract are you and the insurance company and between you is a contract they drafted it they drafted it but you agreed to abide by it you signed a document figuratively speaking you paid some money so now there's a contractual agreement between you. And so when you want to make a claim on the insurance policy and they deny it, well, they're going to point to the insurance policy. So you should take a look at your insurance policy, see what it says. And I've seen insurance policies that explicitly exclude commercial use of the vehicle unless you have a special rider or a special policy or something. And then it'll have a definitional section. And again, the definitions in the contract control the contract if in fact there is a definition that we're arguing over so when it says you know you're using this vehicle for ride share don't be surprised if it says ride share includes traveling with other people who are paying you to drive them around or delivering food where you go pick it up at one location and bring it to another location if that's the definition of ride share it's the definition of ride share and, and if you say well that's not fair it makes no sense it was in the contract the whole you know the whole time you know, and, and many people, most people, don't read their contract until they have a problem. 
And I've told people that, you know, when you get the insurance policy, especially if you change carriers or get a new policy, you should read it and look through it and see what's in there. Because a lot of times there is surprising stuff in there. But remember, the insurance company's been doing this for a long time. And so they've figured out all the things they need to do to cover themselves. They are covered very, very well in that contract. You, eh, you know, <laughs> you didn't, like I said, you didn't draft it. They did. They did. So the woman is blindsided. She's a delivery driver by the fact that her insurance policy didn't contain a provision for ride share, which she thought was odd because she's not ride sharing. She's delivering food. But the insurance company says, well, that's also part of the ride share policy that you could have gotten, but you didn't. So now she's on the hook for a $25,000 bill. Mark sent us, thanks a lot, from WBRZ, Louisiana. Brittany Weiss wrote it. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. By the way, there's $200 bills behind me. <laughs> I put a $100 bill on the set, the video before, and then I came in this morning, turned on the lights. I couldn't find the $100 bill. Couldn't find it. To the point where I actually went and watched yesterday's video again, looking for it, couldn't find it in the video. And I thought to myself, well, I could wait until it goes live because there's always people who spot them, even when I can't find them, because I forget. And so I actually went and got another $100 bill. So (laughs) you wouldn't know this, but I'm shooting this video much later than I normally do. But I had to get another $100 bill. So I I went and put the other $100 bill on the set. And then I thought to myself, you know, it's got to be around here somewhere. And as I was poking around, I found it. It had slipped and fallen. So <laughs> it fell and it couldn't get up. So there are two, but I'll reduce that to one. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. People who say they don't care what people think are usually desperate to have people think they don't care what people think.